It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked on Reds. And here we go. What is going on, Reds country? Welcome in to the Locked on Reds podcast here on this Thursday. My name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show, I'm going to recap Wednesday's ballgame. And in case you didn't know, it didn't go all that great. And then I'm going to look at some comments made by Scott Shebler in an article with C. Trent Rosecrans from The Athletic. And if we've got a few minutes there at the end, I want to get to a few listener questions. But real quick, before we get into all of that goodness, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, the new Himalaya app, Stitcher, all the great podcasting apps that are out there. The subscription is the best way to get the podcast each and every day into your queue. Then also head on over to Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and at Locked On Reds. And then look up LockedOnReds.com. We got all kind of great content up there. Dave Pemberton with a brand new article. Definitely go and check that out. It is a great way to get even more Reds content. So, Wednesday. What a day. Just, like I mentioned before, if, if, if you didn't know, the Reds played a day game on Wednesday, and they lost 11-9. to In a vacuum, just looking at the numbers, looking at the box score, that's a thing that you can take away, and you almost look at it as a positive, right? They were close. The offense was rolling. They got their hits. They were getting some good performances from guys. You had Jose Iglesias with three hits. You had Derek Dietrich with a homer. Tucker Barnhart getting off the schneid with a homer. But... That game was just frustrating. Like, in the second inning, game is nothing-nothing. The Reds string together some hits. 
bing, bang, boom, we got the bases loaded, nobody out, ready to build on something here. You get a nice little two RBI double by Josh Van Meter. Just beautiful. And then Tucker comes up, nails a three-run home run. Fantastic start to the day. And you got Luis Castillo on the mound. When we're coming into this game, we're looking at the 5-1, one, 1.93 ERA of Luis Castillo going up against the 5-0, 1.54 ERA of Zach Davies. And we're like, boy, oh boy, the winner of this game. It's probably going to be 2-1. to one. It might even be one to nothing. This is going to be a pitcher's duel. This is going to be fantastic. Uh-uh. Neither pitcher was on his game. In fact, they were off their game. Totally off their game. There wasn't a, there, they didn't have a game. Luis Castillo and Zach Davies both got lit up. Both got pulled really early. And I mean, both the Brewers and the Reds managerial staff had to be looking at this game like, okay, maybe we get into the bullpen a little bit later on. Nope, this was a bullpen game for both teams. Just, and I'm I'm telling you, the Reds had multiple opportunities. This wasn't like it was a game where they had the lead and then the other team just came roaring back and blew their socks off. No, this was a back-and-forth affair that every time you turned around, the Brewers were ahead, then the Reds were ahead, then the Brewers were ahead, then it was tied, and the Reds had a chance, and they gave that chance away, and then the Brewers take the lead, and then the Reds have a chance to get the lead back, but they give that away, and then give it away again. It was just so frustrating. If you could compare a baseball game to a Monday, that is what today or that is what Wednesday's game was the Monday version of baseball because the Reds were so mind-boggling. When when they were coming back, they still found ways to give it up. The microcosm of the entire game could be summed up in the seventh inning. And I know with all of the jam-packed takes and this and that and the other that came out of this game, to say that there was one thing that defined it all is a little bit crazy, but this did. The Reds had... The base is loaded. Two outs and Phil Irvin at the plate. A great chance for Phil Irvin to prove himself. He laces a line drive down the left field line and it's foul. But is it? Is it really foul? Because they look at the replay and mm, I don't know. It kicks up a little bit of chalk there. And according to the rules, that's a fair ball. But no. They replay. The Reds managerial staff comes out. They say, hey, we want you to take another look at it. The folks in New York, they've got all the angles, all the television cameras, all of the slow-mo and blah, 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 and the replay technology. And it doesn't matter because they still got it wrong. They still called it a foul ball. We're not talking as if replay helped anybody here. Replay made no sense. Replay was like the last episode of Game of Thrones. So, yeah. That was just that kind of a day. Because you're looking at this, and after they go up 5 nothing with Lise Castillo on the mound, you're like, boy, oh boy, we're going to get out of Milwaukee with 2 out of 2. We're going to go into Chicago. And, you know, it'd be nice if they win the series, but they only got to win one to have a successful week. Uh-uh. No. 
Not the way it played out. Just, and it was a frustrating game. And people are pointing blame everywhere because that's what you do in a loss. And to, to overreact about one loss in a 162-game season is a little neurotic. I understand that. Here's the thing, though. This has me feeling some sort of way. I was all hot takey in the preseason saying the Reds would make a wild card run. They would make the second wild card. This is the kind of game that starts the wheels turning in my head. There's not too many of them. They don't turn very fast. And a lot of the times they're just off. But right now they're turning and I'm thinking the Reds might just not be all right where we hope they'd be. What do I mean by that? I mean that they're entertaining. They're fun. They're great to watch. An interesting team. Lots of great personalities. They're just a little bit shy of where they need to be to be a playoff team. They're going to be interesting, but they're going to be out of it. They're going to be awesome to watch, but they're not going to reach that height that we thought. Now that's just the I'm just starting to think that, right? I've I'm not bought in. I've not kicked the bucket. I've not thrown the baby out of the bathwater just out with the bathwater whatever that saying is. What you know whatever. I haven't fully bought in, but I'm starting there's a there's thoughts creeping up in my mind about that. And it all started with today's infuriating loss. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. I want to talk about Scott Shebler's comments that he made to see Trent Rosecrans in an article in The Athletic. And then, like I mentioned, get to a few questions. But before we get to that, let's talk about ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter is the kind of website that gets your company the person that you need to fill that job posting with flying colors. What am I talking about? When you post with ZipRecruiter, they send your job post to hundreds of sites across the internet. And it's actually been shown, statistically shown, that 80% of employers who post through ZipRecruiter receive a qualified candidate within the first 24 hours. You don't have to wait very long. You only got to go to bed one time, and then boom, you got a qualified candidate right in your inbox. ZipRecruiter is that awesome. And right now, through this podcast, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on and you get an introductory offer in which ZipRecruiter allows you to use to you know your first post for free. That's your first post job posting with ZipRecruiter for free through this special link, ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter slash locked on. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. The Locked On Reds podcast is also brought to you today by Hotels.com. Do you want to travel and get rewarded for it? Head on over to Hotels.com. They've got a great rewards program. I myself am a part of that as I booked my trip coming up here in a few months through Hotels.com. Definitely recommend them. Check them out. This is the Locked on Reds podcast on a Thursday. I mentioned that I'd have a throwback Thursday segment. I actually don't uh, for today, so sorry about that. But I did notice an article in The Athletic 
written by C. Trent Rosecrans. He sat down with Scott Shebler and talked to him on Tuesday. Scott is trying to make a comeback to the major leagues. He's actually right now on a little bit of a streak. I think a seven-game hit streak down there in AAA. And he asked Shebler, you know, a lot of different questions about his comeback and things like that. And Shebler was pretty candid with him in a lot of different cases. And there's there's a quote, a little bit of a longer quote, but i got to read it for you word for word, just so you know, these are the words that came from Scott Shebler himself. When C. Trent asked him, do you feel like you're getting it back? You're a big rhythm guy, aren't you? And Shebler replied, everybody wants to be an everyday guy. I will say the one thing is that it felt like a lot of guys didn't know their role up there being in Cincinnati. Not in a bad way. It's just that you'd come to the field and you didn't know where you stood. You'd be batting seventh today and then tomorrow I'm batting second. I feel like that plays in. Analytics are analytics, but the human element is something that analytics can't measure. Getting comfortable in a certain spot or a certain position and know you're going to be somewhere I think that human element is pretty big. I'm not saying that that's why we're struggling by any means. I just, I I think for me personally, I know where I stood. I let that eat at me, and that's something you've got to learn. So I take away from that. And there's a lot of people, it's interesting the different takes, obviously, on the wonderful Twitter.com. Some people are saying, oh, man, Shebler really threw David Bell under the bus, didn't he? He really went for the big head honcho there in the major leagues, didn't he? He really called out David Bell. I, I don't think that. I don't, I, don't, I don't look at that in that lens at all. I think he was being candid. And sure, that's not a great uh, evaluation of analytics. You know, he said analytics are analytics. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, with the outcry of put the iPad down, stop building a baseball team with your computer and this and that and the other. But analytics have their place in every sport, not just baseball. But analytics are a way of evaluating and building a winning team. That's just the way it's going to be. And for those of you that are out there that are out crying against David Bell, get him out of here. We don't like him. He's not a good manager. They're just going to find someone who has the same sort of thought process. Just saying. You're not going to get rid of David Bell and then they're going to bring in like Joe Torre or something like that. It's just not good. It doesn't work that way. This isn't MLB the show. It doesn't go down like that. What happens is you're going to get another guy who's analytically minded and probably does pretty similar things. Like no two people are the same in the way that they make decisions. But when it comes to the wave of managing in today's game, analytics are the way you do it. And what he's saying here is they were talking, there's a couple, you know, it's a question and answer article. And there were a couple of questions before that where they, you see Trent asked what was up with the early season struggles and Shebler diagnosed it this way. He's like, he mentioned something like, you know, when everyone's hitting, it's kind of, um, Oh, contagious. Couldn't think of the word. He said when everyone's hitting, it's kind of contagious. And, you know, it's the the same with when everyone's not hitting. That's kind of contagious. And that's sort of the way it was. Everyone got into a funk and kept rolling in that funk. And the fact that the Reds had really changed up their style, really made a focus on analytics this season, 
the way that I'm gleaning from the words that he's saying, I'm, I'm thinking that the whole team, not just the managerial staff, but the whole team has needed an adjustment period. And that could be a little bit of an explanation as to why. I'm actually going to talk to Joel Luckup for the Phone It In Friday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. We're going to dive deep, at least as deep as we can dive, through the numbers as to what's going on with the hitting, especially Joey Votto and things like that. But I definitely think that there is a lot of truth in what Shebler says because I've, I've played baseball. Back in high school, my number one position was left bench, but I still played. And I had a lot of friends that they were that way. They liked to be in rhythm. They liked to know where they were in the lineup before they saw the lineup card. It's just a mental thing. A lot of guys need that. And what he was saying there was not an indictment on David Bell. That's just the way most guys feel, the way that most players approach the game. They like that comfort. Because with each batting order position comes a new strategy, a new challenge, a new way of thinking about how you want to go about your at-bat. And changing from second to seventh, that is a big deal. So I, I can level with him there, and I really appreciate what he said. So I don't think he's throwing David Bell under the bus at all. Now, there were, you know, he was, C. Trent asked him poignantly about, does he feel like he has a role in Cincinnati? And... That we can debate until the cows come home, but I won't get into all that. Right now, I do want to answer a few listener questions. And really, because of time, I'm going to keep it just the one question. But this question does have a lot of things to unpack about it. And this question comes from Twitter from Matt Shipman. And he asks, hypothetically, if we, being the Reds, if the Reds are one game over 500 at the trade deadline, and a team offers us a top 100 prospect for Peri- for say that right for Puig, Rourke, and Wood. Do you make this trade? Thanks. And that's a really interesting question because, and it's come up a lot. If you listen to Mo Egger on ESPN 1530 during the afternoon, he has been a proponent of the Reds having a seller's mentality going into the trade deadline because, as it stands. They're really just going to be middle of the pack. They're not going to be playoff contenders. And who knows, maybe they are over 500, but maybe it's just a game or two. And according, you know, he had looked at it. And since 2012, the second wild card has had at least 87 wins. The second wild card team has had at least 87 wins. So one or two games over 500 is not going to make any difference there. So I really like your question, Matt, because looking at it, That is a tough one because the more I look at it, as much as I'd love to see Yasiel Puig stay in a Reds uniform for at least a couple of years, I wonder how realistic that thought process is. I think that there would have been some talk, and maybe they're just waiting until he goes on a tear to talk about some sort of contract extension, but I thought there would be some kind of rumor about it by now, and we've heard nothing, not even a thought about it and Rourke maybe but at the same time I feel like Rourke is just a little bit better than a slightly above average starting pitcher and I think the Reds could get that on the open market very easily and with Alex Wood who knows who knows if he's even gonna pitch for the Reds this season so maybe he doesn't even have any trade value but hypothetically in this situation if I'm getting a top 100 prospect back 
for those three guys, I don't know, man. If you're telling me we're only one game over 500 come trade deadline time, and that's the offer that's sitting on the table, I think I'd take it. And I know that that doesn't jive with the whole win in 2019 feeling because, you know, you're probably looking at a guy, and I even followed up with Matt. I'm like, let's let's clarify this a little bit. Are we talking about a dude who's ready to come up next year, or what's that looking at? And he's like, let's talk, let's say the guy's like Taylor Trammell and probably ready for next year. And maybe, if not next year, then definitely the year after that. And I got to admit, I, I, I think I would take that deal because you can't get too caught up in the moment with this season because if you just end up losing Puig, Wood, and Rourke to free agency, but you had a chance to get a top 100 guy, I think you got to take that. So anyway, I, I'm getting really long here. I appreciate the question, Matt, and thank you all for downloading and listening to today's episode. Tomorrow, I've got Joel Luckup with me. We're going to talk about all things numbers and the Cincinnati Reds. We're going to dive deep into Joey Votto, and I'm curious as to what he thinks, what he what he sees in the numbers as to how sustainable the Reds pitching is, their success right now. So definitely check that out tomorrow. And the best way to get that is to subscribe to the podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. And also check us out on social media and head over to LockedOnReds.com. And a quick thanks to our sponsors, ZipRecruiter and Hotels.com. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 